Hello, welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 207. My name's Adam Patterson. Joining me today, as always, we've got Kevin Rakestraw. How are you doing there, Kevin? Doing pretty good. You sound like a game show host. Yeah, I'm working on my... I'm working on my voice, my radio voice. Uh-oh. I'm working on it. Because I'm naturally pretty monotone, so I'm trying to have a, a wider range. Trying to sprinkle on some flavor. Yeah. Mix it up a little bit. Mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Alright. This week on the show, we'll be talking about the newly remastered Andrzej Zulowski's 1981 (laughs) classic, Possession, along with some other stuff we've been watching on the watch list, movie predictions, new on video on demand, and Blu-ray releases. Believe it or not, that was the best take (laughs) that we have of that. I I was really struggling getting through that, and I will be sure to put the outtakes at the end. First up, let's talk about some news. Got some news items here. Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg to produce a Where's Waldo movie. What? Who? What? Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg to produce a Where's Waldo movie. Why? That's a good question. Why? That's an excellent... How do you make that... I don't... I just... I don't understand. How do you make that a movie? I'm wondering if they'll put, like just lots of wide shots and he's in like in he's like in india at a bazaar in india and it and it just stays on a wide shot for like 10 minutes and then you hear a voiceover go find waldo now and there's like a little timer and then you just sit in the theater and try to spot him and then and then like the final five seconds is the the camera just slowly pulls in on him and they whoever's playing Waldo just looks up and says here i am (laughs) you found me Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that's the dumbest thing. That's yeah, one of the dumbest things. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure that that's gonna work, guys. I'll be interested to see where where well, it's that. It's just goes. like what's who's been asking for this? Like, do people like are kids still into Where's Waldo? I have. No, I don't think so. Because I. I mean, I have nephews and stuff, and none of them have read Where's Waldo. I mean, clearly, it seems like it'll be a movie for us. It'd be funny if they made it R-rated. <laughs> R-rated where's like find Waldo at the orgy? <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> find Waldo, <laughs> Burning Man. There you go. I like that idea. How do you, I just? I'm just interested right now to know like what is the plot of Where's Waldo? I take I it no so the, I so imagine to lose Waldo, and they're going to be like, "Where's Waldo?" And then they, I imagine that there's going to be a lot of globe trotting. Like it seems like a travel type movie where it's like a guy who's having a midlife crisis and he just travels the world to try to find himself you know what i mean like where's waldo where is yeah he 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 attempts to redefine himself he gets himself a new outfit and he goes for stripes this time around because he's been like adverse to stripes but now he's into stripes and he's going to start traveling the world but as soon as he travels and he goes without a cell phone or anything because he wants to like detach from the world and as soon as he leaves his mom dies and then they got to try and find him so they can bring him back in time for his mother's funeral that's a good idea see right there where's Waldo? i'll write that either, shit. either that or he just leaves his family <laughs> and goes on a vision quest <laughs> it has to be some sort of vision quest i think so yeah tribeca announces their final slate of programs this includes the uh, centerpiece, spotlight, midnight, and works in progress sections. 
So we got lots and lots of stuff announced for Tribeca, including uh, Mike Birbiglia's latest comedy, Don't Think Twice. I'm interested in that. We got uh, Tom Tykwer's A Hologram for the King. That's the new Tom Hanks one, which I'll be mentioning in when we talk about trailers, because the trailer came out for that. And Taika Waititi's Hunt for the Wilder People is going to be there. Okay. So I'll definitely be <clears throat> checking that out. Um, so have you had a chance to look at uh, any of these, any of these uh, Tribeca, new, the new Tribeca ones? I don't think I have. I didn't know they announced new Tribecas. I thought they were done with all of the Tribeca. You know things that are playing at Tribeca. No, I just realized in the in the news document that we that we share, I put in the wrong link. I put in the link for the for the uh, previously announced. They announced is the it, competition stuff. Yeah, is it but just now, me or does or it, it seems like film festival like the announcing of the films lasts longer than the actual film festival itself? Well, with Tribeca, it was just two, just two announcements with. Uh, with some of the other ones, it's like four. It's like four announcements. I think Fantastic Fest does that, where it's like comes in four waves, or maybe it's South by Southwest, where it's like you can't announce them all at once because it's just information overload. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I totally understand why they space it out. Plus, I think that a lot of a lot of times these movies are they're getting in just under the wire. Like some some of them aren't even quite done yet by the time they hit make it to the festival. So you know they they're they're finishing up the putting the final touches on these programs all the way up until when they're announced. So I, I kind of get it. I think two coming out with two two sets is fine because it's still a ton. It's still a ton to go through, but it's not completely overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, there's a new Banksy documentary that's going to be uh, premiering there called The Banksy Job. Okay. All right. I'm one. It, it from reading the synopsis, it sounds like it's just going to be kind of like uh what was the exit through the gift shop it's gonna be it seems like it's gonna be similar to that okay all right so i i don't know i might check that out i'm always interested in, in the whole banksy thing uh let's see i'm just kind of going through this there's a new documentary about um john dupont called team fox catcher not sure that that was needed no, no because you. i just i you know we had the movie and then there was another documentary, I think, called, oh, I can't remember what the name of that one was called, but to me, that documentary pretty much wrapped everything up. Yeah. You got, oh, that documentary's yeah. on Netflix. You got, uh, you got this movie, Elvis and Nixon. Oh, yeah, the Mike, one with... Michael uh, Shannon plays Elvis. Yeah. I, there's a trailer for that out. It uh, looks kind of interesting. I don't yeah. know what to think about that one. Hmm. All right. No idea I, how I feel. It doesn't. It doesn't sound interesting to me outside of Michael Shannon being Elvis Presley. There's a new Louis Thoreau documentary called My Scientology Movie, and I'm very interested in that because I'm a big fan of all the Louis Thoreau documentaries. I think he's awesome, and um, so I'm really, really looking forward to him tackling Scientology. Have you seen? Have you ever seen any of the Louis Thoreau documentaries? Nope. You should check them out. You'll you'll like them. He he was the guy that spent a lot of time with the um, the uh, Saint Burrow Baptist. Is it Saint Burrow Baptist Church? Uh, the God Hates Fags Church. Yeah, I forget what their name is. West Westboro Westboro yeah. Baptist Church. That's it. 
Uh, he he did like two doc two documentaries on them, and he spent a lot of time with them. And they, he just he makes really interesting stuff for uh, BBC. He's a British oh, documentarian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but I highly recommend checking out pretty much all of his stuff because it's really really cool. Uh, let's see. You can check out the full list on the site. We got there, there's just tons. So many movies. Yeah, the, I mean, obviously, I'm more interested in the pretty much all of the midnight stuff. I usually see all of the midnight stuff. Uh, Justin Kelly has a has a new one called King Cobra. Christian Slater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. James Franco, Alicia Silverstone, Molly Ringwald. Yeah, it's, it's, hmm. could be could be interesting. Huh. Adam Goldberg has a new one called Rebirth. Yeah. Fran Kranz. Uh, Netflix is releasing that, so it'll probably be out. You could just wait on that one. Yeah, there's a there's a couple other ones that already got announced that are going to be out on Netflix like within a couple weeks of hmm. premiering on there. Bill Nye documentary. Hmm. Okay. It's interesting. And then yeah. there's also a Ghostbusters documentary who um I actually know the the director of this documentary. It's it's the we we backed this on or I backed this on Kickstarter, I think, maybe? Or we yeah. at least promoted it on Kickstarter. I can't remember if I personally backed it, but I've been in touch with these guys, and they're, they're, they're definitely fanboys, and I think that this will turn out okay, so I'll be checking it out. Yeah. Uh, so that's Tribeca. I will be going there this year, so we'll, we'll have lots of stuff, uh, coverage of that in the coming weeks. I think that it starts April 13th, I want to say, somewhere around there. Uh, this just came out, I think it was like today or yesterday, this news dropped, where Paramount has pulled The Little Prince from theaters a week before its release. Oh, no. Why? This was supposed to hit theaters next Friday. Yeah, what's up with that? And they inexplicably pulled it. They didn't provide any reason? Nope. Not yet, at least. No, sta- no statement. And I gotta say, I-, I saw this movie, and it's great. I don't understand. Oh, you already saw? Yes. Oh, that's right. You did see this. And it's it's great. It's got a great voice cast. It's got Jeff Bridges, Rachel McAdams, Paul Rudd, Marion Cotillard, Benicio Del Toro, James Franco, Ricky Gervais, Paul Giamatti. So it's got an all-star cast. The animation is incredible. It's this great mix of CG and this kind of stop-motion, like, hand-drawn mixed with models. And it, it's it's great. Really clever. It's a really interesting way to adapt this very famous book. And it's like, I don't understand why they're... Well, it looks, it. Well, it looks like they're not the distributor anymore. Yeah. That's honestly, they, I guess... They dro- yeah, they essentially dropped the movie. Why would you drop it? Now, this is just U.S. It's just U.S. So it is still opening in Canada. Well, I can't so if you live in Canada, Canada, you can still go see it. No. <sighs> but this is just... It was... Drop from U.S. theaters. What? It sucks because that's the, it's the kind of movie that you want to see in a theater environment because it's a very visual movie. But whatever, dicks. Got some viewer viewer mail this week. What? Uh, this first one comes from Jacob. This was in regards to our review of uh the the invitation. So this is uh he he emailed this to us. I'm gonna just read the whole thing. It's a little long, but. Um, it kind of, I, I was going to abridge it, but then I decided to just read the whole thing because it puts it into context and how he feels about this movie. So 
I'll just read this verbatim. So he says, hey guys, I know it's been a little while since this episode, but I recently just caught up with it. I figured I'm probably one of the only listeners that's actually seen the invitation and just wanted to throw in my two cents. I'll start off by saying it's been nearly a year since I've seen it. I was able to catch one of its first showings last April at the Stanley Film Festival in Colorado. Great film festival, by the way. Highly recommend checking that out. Karen Kusama was in attendance with a Q&A afterwards, which was pretty neat. So with that pretext, I didn't like the film at all. I remember being extremely disappointed and borderline upset after it was over. Part of that was the film itself, and another part has to do with the unfair comparisons my brain made. When I first saw the invitation nearly 11 months ago, I was fresh off seeing Coherence. Now I follow, now I follow both of you guys on Letterboxd, and I noticed that you've both seen that film. Coherence was one in my top five films of 2014. I love that film. I've seen it close to 10 times and have seen a screening with the director. So when I saw the invitation, I couldn't help but draw parallels. And I think, actually, we drew parallels when, in our review, too. I mentioned yeah, that it was Yeah, like, I think you did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know that they aren't the same film, but they start off with the same premise. A group of adults and couples all meet up together at one house for a dinner party slash get-together. As soon as I saw that happening, I thought to myself, oh, cool, it's like Coherence, and was waiting for it to venture into similar strange, mysterious territories. I didn't get that. I, had I not seen Coherence before seeing The Invitation, maybe I would have liked it more. I hate that my brain automatically paired the two films together because the amount of which I liked Coherence, The Invitation didn't stand a chance. But it wasn't just a comparison that made me dislike the film. The one thing I distinctly remember hating and the only thing I commented on in my letterbox review was that the dialogue was atrocious. Like, absolutely cringeworthy. Just the most unrealistic, nonsensical bullshit that real people in that situation would never say in a million years, and it completely threw me out of the film and left a bad taste in my mouth that wouldn't go away. I don't really remember much of the film, although I do remember liking bits and pieces. The events and twists that unfold were entertaining, but to see those things, you have to struggle through the horrendous dialogue. So am I being too harsh on the film? Is the dialogue as terrible as I remember it? Am I getting too hung up on one negative aspect of the film? Is it unfair to compare it to one of my favorite films in recent years? Hearing you guys talk highly about the film makes me want to revisit it, though. I might have to pick it up on Blu-ray when it comes out because maybe just enough time has passed and I can fairly judge it. Thanks a lot, Jacob. P.S. I love The Witch. I, I, did, not, I did not love The Witch, Jacob. Sorry. So what do you think uh what do you think about the dialogue? I don't remember if we talked about the dialogue in the imitation. The dialogue was alright in the imitation. I thought it was fine. See, I didn't think it was t- it nothing nothing that pulled me out of the film right. itself, but you know, nothing that was really like, damn, this is so well written. I, I think that more so the acting is not great in the invitation there there are the acting is a little like performance wise is some of it's good some of it's not not great yeah it's it's all over the spectrum there so i think that a lot of times when you look at poor performances you can attribute that to poor dialogue so i think maybe the maybe there needs to be a distinction made between bad dialogue and bad performances because sometimes they're synonymous. Like sometimes you don't really know if it's just <clears throat> shitty dialogue or shitty performance. Yeah, because line delivery has a lot to do with it. Yeah, absolutely. 
Now, that being said, that the way that you and I watch movies is very similar in that you and I don't put a lot of stake in performances. Like, there, there can be a movie that has pretty bad acting in it, and I'll still like the movie. Yeah, just as long as it doesn't completely <laughs> derail everything yeah. else that's going on. Yeah. I mean, there, there are definitely, if you go back in the 200-plus episodes, I'm sh- there have been many times where I've pointed out bad bad acting it's usually kids it's usually kids <laughs> with me yes it's usually children i do not give them a pass i do not give them a pass comparing it to coherence though i think that that's absolutely valid even though the the movies themselves are quite different uh i got i got a coherence vibe from it too yeah. and i will agree that i think coherence is superior but I don't think it's fair to Right. I didn't I didn't directly compare them and I didn't knock points off of the invitation because it's not as good as coherence. No, because they're completely different. Yeah. Outside I mean, of the setup. Right. Yeah. I mean like visually, yeah, they're they're similar because you know, they're both kind of contained in this one house and it's, you know, a get together. So I think it's uh valid criticism though. Thanks for writing in, Jacob. And I I'd, I'd still recommend it. I think you should rewatch it and see see if you like it any better on a rewatch. My guess is going to be no, though, because now you know the twist. So you're going to be even more hung up on the, on the dialogue. <laughs> yeah, because you're not going to. Yeah, because you don't have the you're, you, distraction of you know. Well, yeah, trying to figure out what's going on, wondering what's going on. You so. already you already know that, so you're going to be yeah, you're going to be focused even more on the yeah. dialogue. <laughs> Um, the other, the other uh, comment that I wanted to, to read this week uh, is from Susan. This was on a review that we did uh, for Dances with Films 2015. We reviewed a movie called Hello, My Name is Frank. Now, I did not see this movie, and I don't think you saw it either. No. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't, neither of us wrote this review. I think it was Ernie that wrote the review. Um, but this, this comment, is, it's, not, it's not really about the review itself. It's about the, the movie. Um, so she says, hi, I would like to point out the people with Tourette's. Now, I should mention that the main character in this movie, I believe, has Tourette's syndrome. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's kind of a, a comedy, maybe poking fun at Tourette's, but I'm, I'm not sure. Again, I haven't seen it. Yeah. I'd like to point out the people with Tourette's are not developmentally disabled, that Tourette's does not affect intelligence or IQ. Most people with Tourette's have above average IQ. I hate the fact that this movie misleads people into thinking that people with TS are affected mentally. The character obviously has more going on than TS. Wish the filmmaker had pointed out the fact that he has multi-disorders. So if only a small portion of the Trek community have uh, copalalia, why is why is it all filmmakers use it in their films? Why not depict the 90%? Not as much shock value. It's because of films like this that almost every person I tell that my daughter has Tourette's syndrome, they come back with, oh, that's the cursing disorder. And I, wanted to, I just wanted to read this out because that is something that I noticed in films. And it's not necessarily just Tourette's either, but you could look at any, any other like, disorders that have kind of a quirky characteristic about them. But especially yeah. with Tourette's, yeah, because kind of focusing on the the swearing thing, because yeah. <clears throat> like she points out here, most people that have Tourette's that they don't do the swearing thing. Like that's just one 
like subset, like one side effect or characteristic of the uh, the disease. Now, admittedly, I don't know a whole lot about Tourette's syndrome, but I know uh, there, there's a there's a person that works like close to where my wife works, like across the street or whatever, and he actually has the ability to like kind of bottle it up. Yeah, I think for most um, of the day, and then what he does is he'll go outside and he walks up and down the street and just lets it all out. Hmm. Like at lunch. Interesting. Yeah. Like they did, but they never, that's never depicted in movies. It's just swearing and saying dirty yeah. stuff. And I think she, she brings up a valid point that uh, when, when you see that in movies and TV, I think that at, in this day and age, I think it is inappropriate to, to only portray that. And she also points out that the character had more going on than just Tourette's, which they didn't, I guess they didn't address it in the movie that he had multiple problems so gotcha. yeah i think that uh we need to to not alienate people that have tourette's because it 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 is kind of disrespectful i guess yeah but haven't seen the movie so can't speak to the movie itself it's honestly it's just lazy comedy oh yeah i mean i don't know if that's how that movie is but yeah if, if it's a whole movie about him just you know, randomly swearing. Yeah, whatever, well, you know like what I mean. Done like for any, laughs. Anytime you see someone with Tourette's in a film, that's usually what it is. Like, yeah, it's... in an opportune time, he says some filthy her swears. Yeah, I mean, it's it is lazy. It was definitely lazy. So, thank you, Susan, for that comment. Trailers this week. We got a uh, the big one was Captain America: Civil War. Got a new trailer. And I was wondering why. Because people don't know this, but Adam shot me a text like 10 minutes before recording. And he's like, hey, you got watch the Captain America thing because I want to talk about it. So I start watching it. And I'm, you know, I'm almost to the end. And I'm like, why the hell are we talking about this? Like, this is just another bland trailer. It's just, it's a lot like the other Captain America trailer I saw. And then the, I'm guessing it's the end. What happens yeah. at the end? <laughs> it's so, like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so it's not a big spoiler or anything, but Spider-Man was actually shown in the trailer and a lot of people are talking about it this week and um you know i got i got a little amped up i got a little amped up when i saw spider-man because fanboys such as myself have been waiting for spider-man to enter the the marvel cinematic universe for a long time now and it as a fan of the character it's it was it always pained me to see him withering away uh over at sony and now to see him be in in the new Captain America, I was pretty excited. Not a big fan, not a big fan of the CG. The because it, it looks like that was pretty much all CG. Yeah, it didn't look that good. And uh, so I wasn't was. a big fan of that. I like the look of the costume in general. However, when you when you watch it, like his eyes kind of squint, like in the mask. I don't know if you've noticed that, but like, you know how Spider-Man, he has the red mask and then the eyes are white and then they have like a black outline. Yeah. They squinted like they got smaller and that kind of bothered me because it's like, he's wearing a mask. Why would the eyes squint? You know, the the eyes wouldn't squint. They just stay the same because it's a fucking mask. He's got some sort of new mask technology, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it looked cool, but. It still bothered me. I think the the costume, the design it's, itself looks cool. It looks pretty simple, and I like that. I just don't but, like the idea of having like a fourteen year old plan. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, they're, they're, he's like, hey guys. Yeah, like, oh, they're, they're definitely yeah they're definitely <laughs> going back and 
They're 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 starting from the beginning with him. It makes sense though because if he'd been around for a while, where was he? You yeah. Know, during during all of the other Marvel stuff, like where where was he at? And I, and I get that with the the new standalone Spider-Man movie, it's gonna be him in high school again, I guess. Which man, talk about muddying the waters. They rebooted Spider-Man well, once already. In less than a decade, now they're going to do it again. That's what I mean. And it's I, like four years I, later. That's the thing. Like, I like Spider-Man. I mean, I'm not a huge Spider-Man fan, but holy shit, it's Spider-Man yeah. overkill. I know. I'm, I'm not a huge Spider-Man fan either, but I, I like the character. And I, I think that another reboot, and maybe, there, maybe it's not going to be like a f- full-on origin story. God, I hope not. I, I really hope not. I think it'd be a bad idea if they did another origin story. I just story. would I like to just... see like a different... Because every single time, every reboot, it's still him being the young, you know... Yeah. Flucky, wisecracking. Making the suit, learning how the powers work. It's like, it's like playing a video game and just doing the first level over oh. and over and over again. It's like, you, you, all right, let's move on. I want to see level... Two at this point. Let's yeah. move on to level two, or even level one dash two. Something. Yeah. Something. Uh, so overall, I'm pretty excited about Civil War, though. It was I really liked the the the, the comic book event. Uh, I read the whole thing when it was happening, and I was a big fan. I'll, I'm really interested to see how they're gonna make that into a movie. I think it's gonna be a much smaller scale than what happened in the comic books, but still kind of excited that they're because it's a captain america movie but it looks like basically everybody's in it yeah so i think that there's going to be some big things that happen in that movie maybe some people dying i don't know there might be some deaths in it either way very deaths deaths of superheroes that they just introduced uh i don't think they're gonna do that because because I know Black Panther is going to be introduced in this one, and that'd be great if they killed Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be ballsy. I mean, it would definitely be ballsy. It'd be but... great if it was like it. It was only that scene that's in the trailer. Like as soon oh, as he says, as soon as he says, "Hey guys," someone just comes up and shoots kills. him in the face. <laughs> There's someone behind him that just kills him. That would be, uh, oh my god, I can't even imagine the outcry, the rage. That would... <laughs> oh man, so that's gonna be, that's, that's cool, I'm excited for that. A Hologram for the King, this is the new Tom Hanks one that I mentioned that's gonna be having its world premiere at Tribeca this year. Not into this one, not into this one. I, this was a terrible trailer, and the movie does not look great either. Mm. The, the trailer has this really bad voiceover like the old like the older style trailer voice but it's like not your typical trailer voice it was like the kind of trailer voices that you hear on straight to video movies in the 90s mm-hmm. like i imagine a movie like the truth about cats or cats and dogs having like a just a silly plucky voiceover guy that has like a higher pitched voice than the normal like deep baritone voices that you hear yeah uh, so it just yes, not not into this one. Hmm. I like Tom Hanks, but this is like uh, kind of him going back to his his rom com thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh boy, yeah, not into that. Uh, the only other other one I'll mention is Adam Green's Aladdin, which uh, <laughs> we just we just took a look at 
before recording. This thing looks ridiculous and insane, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know what to think about it. Mm-hmm. He's the Adam Green is uh, he did Frozen, not the Disney one, but the other one, and Hatchet, and it looks like a kind of weird, <laughs> definitely a weird take on Aladdin. <laughs> a little bit. Did you did like? Did you understand what I was saying when I, it reminded me of the Mighty Boosh? A little bit, yes. Like, it's paper mache everything. Yeah. Everything, like, all the sets are cardboard, paper mache, uh, just DIY to the max. It's like, the, instead of, what was, what was that called when people were, like, redoing trailers? You know, and they would do, like, the, the handmade stuff. I don't like, know. I forget what they called it. But it's like that for an entire movie. It was like, it's like one of the uh, Be Kind Rewind yeah, yeah. <laughs> movies, but an entire actual movie of that. Yes. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. A, a whole movie of it, not sure if I could do an entire movie of that. Yeah, it definitely looks interesting, though. I'll give you that. Yeah. But again, yeah, I don't know if I could handle that for like over 60, 60 minutes. You know what I mean? You got to cut that off at like 50. And I don't even know if I can handle 50. I yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll try it. I'll I'll watch it and at least attempt to sit through it and <laughs> s- see what happens. But uh, I don't know. All right, let's talk about uh, our review this week. We're discussing Possession. This is from 1981, directed by Andre Zalowski. Uh, I have a synopsis here. A woman starts exhibiting increasingly disturbing behavior after asking her husband for a divorce. Suspicions of infidelity soon give way to something much more sinister. This is available now on Mubi. They have the newly restored version on there. Great job with the restoration. Looks freaking fantastic. Freaking fantastic. Uh, Also, it should be mentioned that um, Andre Zalowski just passed away last month. I think it was... I think he passed away. It was like February 18th or 19th. Yeah, one month back. I'm pretty sure it was uh, 17th, sorry. February 17th he passed away. So kind of with nothing coming out. I mean, I I will mention 10 Cloverfield Lane. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But Kevin didn't see that. So we we just said, we said, fuck it. Let's do a retro review. Essentially, I said, fuck it. Yeah. Either that or what was the other one? Rivers of Grass? Yeah, which is also an older movie. Yeah, but... Uh, Kelly Reichardt. I think uh, Possession has a little bit more to talk about. It does. Uh, <laughs> all right, so this stars Sam Neill and Isabel Ajani. Uh, oh, man. I guess I'll start it off. I'll, I'll, di- I'll dive into, into this. It. Now, a quick question before you get into it. Have you seen a Zolski before? I don't think so. I was looking through his filmography, and I do not think that I've ever seen any of his other movies. Yeah. I think that this was my introduction. That's quite an introduction. Yeah, I'm looking at his his, uh, stuff here, and I just, I don't think I saw any of his other stuff. I mean, I've certainly, I'm certainly familiar with the director, but yeah, I think this, this is the first one that I've seen. No, I didn't see The Devil, I don't think. Uh, so this movie's just—it's batshit. It is insane. This movie is absolutely insane from the beginning, right off the bat. I was like, "What is going on here?" I mean, it, it was—it was like it starts off really disjointed. Like I had no idea what was happening. Like he's going, he's getting money from these 
these guys and then like there's then they're like naked in bed talking and then it's just like it's jumping around all over the place and I'm like whoa 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 what is going on here and then it and then it slows down a little bit and then it just ramps up and it stays at 11 the entire movie it was like it was like Zalowski was telling Sam Neill and um Isabella Johnny to he was just like overact the shit out of everything you do all the time got it scream at the top of your lungs throw things flail we want a lot of flailing it seemed like a lot of people love to rub the walls i don't know if you've noticed that but like everyone's rubbing the walls in this movie like rolling around on the wall and just constantly rubbing the walls well you know back in the day walls had a lot of texture yeah i guess they did you know uh i'll I'll say that i thought the movie was borderline amazing and I think I loved it. <laughs> uh, but I'm not sure because it was just so <clears throat> insane that, uh, I don't know, like, I, I, like I, for, it, it was a, amazing cinematography-wise. Uh, oh, my God. Pretty, yeah. much, pretty much blew my mind all the time. Right when there would be, like, one scene where I was like, oh, that, that was the best shot in the movie. There'd be another one that comes up, and I'm like, oh, man, that was the best shot. Oh, 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 oh. Look how he like he 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 so precisely frames everything, especially like in the stairwells and stuff. There's a lot of stairwell scenes in this. Yeah, plus the Lots way of... he, the way he just choreographs everything because the camera's like almost always moving. Yeah, it's very kinetic, very kinetic camera movements. Uh, it's always it always seems to be like sweeping through whatever house they're in. Well, it's once... been, well, you know where he's he's meeting with those four or five guys in that huge empty room. And they're just discussing like he he just finished a job. Yeah, and it's just spinning. Kind of it's just it's just it's going just, around the room. Yeah, it's just going around the perimeter yeah. of the room. And it's awesome. like oh, that's fantastic. I love it. But it is it like I was wondering how you would respond to this because I've seen Zulowski's movies before. I've seen two other ones, and I know that his his uh, his films kind of have this like they're almost always everyone's in hysterics. Really, everyone's just over the top, insane. Um, which I think complements the, the cinematography because I think it would be odd if the cinematography, because like you said, as much as the camera's moving and it's pretty kinetic and it's oh, like perpetual motion the entire time, I think it would be weird to have like the, the pair that with subdued performances. Yeah. Which would yeah. be really odd. Uh, and especially given what happens in this movie, it yeah. would be also odd. But yeah, you're, I mean, it is. And it's they sustain that for two hours. Oh man, it is. They it's, just go. It's it so aggressive. Stop. It's ag- it's aggressive, but it feels very. It's it's very deliberately aggressive. Like when when we say that the the camera movements are kinetic and everything is just at eleven and just so over the top. Uh, it's very organized in. It's very organized chaos. Yeah, like and it's the, we're, it, this isn't like uh, quick cuts or anything like right, that. Right, exactly. Are long, these are long shots that are just, it's more of like a the camera's always gliding. Yeah, and there's it's not like lots of shaky cam or anything like that. Everything is very precise, and even though it's just complete. I mean, it, it, uh, a lot of it reminded me of that game show that used to be on Nickelodeon where you would go in and just destroy a, a room. <laughs> I can't remember the name of that show. It's called like uh, not Room Raiders because that was the MTV one. Um, whatever the name of that show was, where you go in and just destroy as much as you can within a time limit, because that's what they did. They just destroy everything. And I thought there was a, a a really interesting take on 
a crumbling marriage. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's I mean like the most extreme version of a movie that involves a crumbling marriage. It's insane. He gets into so many different things with this movie. Like, I don't, I don't know about you, but it, I couldn't even come close to picking up on everything with one, oh, yeah. with one viewing. It's just like sweet Jesus. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of stuff going on in this movie, especially once you get into like when when you <laughs> discover her her other house, the other place that she lives, where she's keeping those creatures. Well, that's the, the other thing is because even before that happened, I'm like, man, this is this, this is weird. pretty. This, this is, is weird pretty shit going on. Yeah, here. this is pretty insane. And then you had that initial, and you're just like, what the. F- fuck is yeah, when happening the, when the detective first goes into the bathroom and you see like you can't even really see it at that point it just no but you like know a, it's a terrible move, it's like a moving blob of like blood and guts and that's the other thing like the amount of blood used in this movie it's probably actually more realistic than in other movies but it was just so funny because like every time they would get i mean they're always cutting themselves or cutting each other or getting hit and getting cut but like, he'll get bumped on the nose, and his entire shirt is covered in blood. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, when, he, when he has that fight with Heinrich. It, I mean, it's just, like, there's so much blood. <laughs> like, uh, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely an interesting movie. It, Which, yeah, car- I, I, I gotta say, I mean, the special effects with that are... I yeah, mean, I mean, that, yeah, that was one thing I definitely wanted to touch on, is that the, the effects work for a movie coming out in 1981. Uh, I mean, this is, like, the thing level of effects work. It yeah. reminded me that the creatures reminded me of the thing, but also the smaller things like when he cuts himself with. The, yeah, uh, the, I uh, mean, that looked like he was just cutting himself. With yeah. A knife. Yeah. Like it just straight up looked like he was actually cutting himself with that knife. And that that looked really good. And when she cuts her neck, too, that looked quite real. I loved uh, the character of Heinrich, I think, was my favorite. I think just, that the, I, I was kind of on the fence with him, but when he shows up at uh, Sam Neill's house and he's doing the where he's kind of like in a trance or whatever, where he's kind of, you know, he's just like spinning around out. Yeah. And he was rubbing the walls. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, this is, this is amazing. I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure what's happening in this movie. He I just was know, I just know that I want it to continue. I don't know what it is. And it doesn't have to make sense at no point. It, essentially there's, there came a point in this movie where I was just, you know, kind of throw my hands up and it's like, you guys can do whatever you want. No, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm just long for the ride. Let's just this do point. this. Like your camera work, the effects, just uh, just do it. All right, I'm I'm in. I'm all in with everything you guys are doing. Love it. I love the initial scene when. Uh, so let's just set the for people who aren't aren't super familiar <laughs> with the plot here because we're jumping all over the place like the damn movie. So like basically, Sam Neil and uh, Sam Neil comes back from. I think he was at the in the North Pole. Is that where he was doing something with polar bears? I thought he was like a spy. Oh, maybe that's what he was. But they mentioned something about him being at the North Pole. Maybe that was his cover or something. Yeah. Uh-huh. But either way, he comes back from being away for a while, right? And yeah. the there's there's distance between him and his wife, and then he finds out that his wife was cheating on him with this this uh, Heinrich guy, and he goes to confront him. In one of the most amazing karate scenes I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> he just beats the shit out of Sam Neil in the most ridiculous way. Sam Neil does get his ass whooped. It was it was really funny because when she basically says that she's gonna leave him, 
he loses his fucking mind mm-hmm. and he just he goes insane and the way that he acts he's just constantly he's hysterical mm-hmm. everyone's and, hysterical in this thing, yeah, and the woman the woman uh what's her name margaret is that her name the the margaret. lady with the with the cast yeah. margie yeah. yeah the lady the lady with the cast on her leg in one scene sam neil's like i loathe you and then the next scene it looks like he's gonna have sex with her he's it's just, just a weird ass movie he's so weird he's confused man so basically he hires a detective to kind of spy on his wife because he thinks something's up because he confronts heinrich and heinrich's like i haven't seen her for a while i don't know what she's doing but she's still lying she's not coming home she's not at heinrich's where is she so he hires this detective to follow her. It turns out she's like, she has this second apartment and there's some really nefarious things going on. Otherworldly <clears throat> things are happening in this apartment. Oh, yeah. So it does, it has a, a, a supernatural element to it as well. Of course, you can interpret that however you want. Yeah, because then they start getting into God territory. Yeah, they, yeah, there's a religious aspect of I mean, they just he just keeps piling stuff on. As soon as you think that, like, oh, okay, it's marriage has come apart. All right, he's trying to possess her. He's losing his mind. And then, you know, and the, the further it goes, it just keeps layering. And you, every time you think, like, okay, I, I kind of got beat on this. I know what's going on. And then the next scene is just like, nope, I, okay, I don't. Yeah, I mean it's, it's this is something else entirely now. It's it's very lynchy and it derails really quickly and it never it never gets you'll never once it loses you you'll it'll never get you'll never get it back. Yeah, that's why even I mean, when you, even when you think you have it solved that he throws a curveball at you and you're just like wait a minute what because like the like the monster things first of all there's more than one of them and and like at one point. Sam Neill doesn't see them. Like, they're not there. So you, you think, like, oh, well, they're not, they don't exist. It's all just, like, a manifestation of, you know, her, how she's feeling or whatever. But then, then he does see him, and then you're just like, wait. I don't know. It's just, it's tricky. It's a tricky movie, for sure. Yeah, because, I mean, there's so many things that you, there's so many different paths that you can go down. You know, you have the whole marriage thing, that crumbling apart. You have where they they start talking about God towards the end, the creatures, her giving birth or miscarrying in the subway. Again, I think was that scene was unbelievable. It was oh so long; it was never ending. And then all of a sudden, she so she's flailing around in the subway for I don't know five minutes. It seems. Oh, it goes. It just goes on forever. It's unbelievable. And then she just collapses, and then just white and like red liquid green, starts yeah, coming green, out of her ears green. out of her mouth it just comes out of everywhere and then like you see this like green shit emanating from underneath of her and you're just like what is going on here and but apparently I mean, again she, it's just it looks amazing i don't know how do they do that they had to run they had to have run like tubes yeah. up, up through her back because but I mean, it just looks so good it looked really it's good so yeah, disturbing I mean, yeah it was definitely creepy and then so she's losing it she's having these crazy mood swings i love how she would just randomly show up at home and just completely trash his house <laughs> or that or the time she comes back and she's just like making sausage yeah make sausage she's like, was, you just storm into a house you've been going for like weeks and you're like straight to sausage gotta make sausage that was a weird yeah that was definitely a weird scene that was the scene 
involving the electric knife that we mentioned earlier that was really strange. Again, that was a really weird. Yeah, because and then and when she's like discussing that flashback sequence of giving birth or miscarrying or whatever in the in the subway, and she brings up the the whole sister faith and sister chance thing. Yeah. Then you have, I mean, that's a path you can go down and start trying to de- trying to decipher that. Which the good, scene? Good, good luck deciphering all of these things. Yeah, because because sometimes they they essentially talk in poems they they talk in a very lyrical way sometimes like heinrich does that too yeah and i love the scene when she's just in the church she just goes into a church and does this like screaming with her mouth closed thing for like 30 seconds at the the big uh statue of jesus on the cross and then she just leaves she just goes in does the closed mouth scream and then leaves yeah you know (laughs) You can you can interpret possession in so many different ways. Yeah, you can. You definitely can. It's pretty much almost any every way possible. And then I think it's what Zulowski was thinking. He's like, I'm just I'm gonna make every single type of possession movie that could exist. Yeah. Yep. Any any version of the term, <laughs> it's the just, word, any definition you can come in, up with, all into one. All the uses of the word possession are covered here. Pretty much. And at some point, at one point, Sam Neill seems like he straightened himself out. Like, he's hanging out. Because they have a kid, too. That's another thing to mention. They have a kid named Bob. (laughs) (laughs) The name Bob is just... uh, It's too funny for a name. And at one point, it seems like he's straightened himself out. Like, he's acting normal. He's not losing his mind every ten seconds and, like, acting really crazy and weird. But then... At some point, he just cracks again, and he he decides that he's going to kill Heinrich in a very uh, sort of complex, almost ingenious method, and then goes and talks to his mom and says that he's dead, and and then we were dealing with doppelgangers in this, too. It's just, I love it. The funny thing is, because I I like Zolski's movies so much that within, like, Pretty much like a minute into possession, I was like, "I love it, I love this fucking movie, can't wait." And well, it just kept also, surprising the shit out of me. The other thing that you had was this kind of um, political slant too, because they they their house overlooks the Berlin Wall. Yeah, and, and you think, keep I, you keep getting little shots of the you know the soldiers. Yeah, across the wall is spying on them. So I think that there was like a, a political slant to it as well. Yeah, like I mean, you have that path too that you can go down. Yeah, you can go every which way with this sucker. Yeah, it's a uh, definitely an interesting one. I, I'm not gonna lie, I did have to mute it during that subway scene. I was getting really, <laughs> really annoyed with yeah. the just. I mean, she's just screaming at the top of her lungs. She sure is. And, and at one point, it, it almost when she. Like, right at the end of that, where she's, like, her back's up against the wall and she's throwing her head, it looks like she just railed the back of her head on that wall because she, like, immediately grabs it afterwards. Because I kept waiting. I'm like, she's going to, like, actually enter herself pretty She sure. probably did. I'm sure she did. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, her performance is, I, you want to talk about range. She's all over <laughs> the place in this movie. Yeah, especially because she plays two characters. And the other character that she plays is normal for the yeah, most part. Yeah, it's pretty right. much like the version Sam Neill wants, which right. is another path you can go down. And they're both trying to, you know, create the perfect versions of 
their spouse is the one you know the one that they want shit you yeah. just i mean moral story is you just gotta fucking move on you know what i mean you got you just when your relationship go. when your relationship crumbles to the point of theirs yeah it's time to draw up the the divorce papers because that's go. just not going to work. You got to let go. When you, uh, yeah, I mean, some things you just don't want to find out, right? Yeah, especially when, uh, when, when murdering people, when you start murdering people. What did you think of the, uh, the choreography of the, all the, all the explosions toward the end there? That was awesome. That scene was awesome. That was amazing. That, that, that whole sequence, that whole like chase sequence. There were there were times where I just audibly said, "Holy shit!" Because it was just it was crazy. He j- like jumps out of the car, and then and then he is in that crazy motorcycle accident that looked. I mean, it was real. I mean, obviously they got a stunt person to do that, and then just how all the cars exploded in a chain. It's just like holy crap! It's just that amazing. that was nuts. Just amazing. Oh my god. I'm trying to remember, there was one scene, there was one random shot that I just loved. It was a scene where it was going, like, the they were in, I think, the kitchen of one of the apartments, and the camera began, like, all the way at the end of a hallway, and it just slowly tracked in, mm. and it just, it looked so good. I love, uh, yeah, I love how he does that, because there's a number of times where he just kind of, he'll, he'll, you know, there would be two people discussing and he's kind of see him framed in a hallway or like through the door or something. And he'll just, he'll just track out and just like completely leave him and go into another room. There was also a scene where I think it was in the detective's office where that building, there were like 50,000 doors everywhere. And it just looked like such a complex and intricate floor plan. Because there was like all these tiny rooms everywhere, and he was just kind of wandering through, and there was just like the camera, it was following him, but it was going in different rooms than him. Mm-hmm. But because there were so many doors, you could still see where he was. He's just all over the place. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was it was awesome. Pretty much all the staircase stuff. Like I said, that there's a lot of scenes that take place in stairwells, and all of how how all of those shots are framed. I just I want to say that. I think it's a bit easier to just say like the shots that I didn't like, which are none. So I yeah, loved, I'm trying to. I, I like everything. My everything was my favorite from the minute that it started. <laughs> to yeah, the- I'm trying to think of. Um, I'm trying to think of like anything that I didn't like as far as the cinematography, and I can't really think of any kind of criticisms on that. Yeah, I like. I also liked amazing. the. At one point, Heinrich sends him. Uh, a film reel and he watches that and then the movie just cuts to that footage and she's constantly and it it really it kind of took it catches you off guard because you start off with sam neill watching the footage but then it goes to the footage itself and it kind of makes you forget that you're Mm -hmm. watching footage that he's watching and with that first time that she makes eye contact yes and it's just like jesus christ this is unsettling yeah, yeah. So she's she's a ballet te- instructor, and so it's basically him shooting one of her ballet lessons, and she's doing something horrible to one of these girls, and she just quickly looks at the camera, and you're just like, whoa. Like, it really catches you off guard, and then she continues to do it throughout the whole thing. And Yeah, the, the duration of uh, 
of eye contact keeps getting longer and longer. Yeah, and it's 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 more uncomfortable. It's it's really jarring at first, and it it is pretty intensely creepy. Yeah, but I I really liked that too. I thought that that was awesome. I'm gonna say like as soon as I was done this, this might be one of my favorite movies of all time. Wow. That I I honestly I love every single thing about it. Yeah, it's um it's a must watch for sure. If you're into surrealist crazy imagery and if you're okay with things not making a whole lot of sense to you. Yeah, I think they only make sense to Zulowski. It it definitely you know, I, I think that the the reference or the comparisons to Lynch are, are there, but to me it felt more like um it almost felt like a Cronenberg to me. It's got a little yeah. Because there's this kind of this kind of almost body horror aspect of it that's going on as well. So I think that there's definitely some like Cronenberg Cronenberg vibes to it, and maybe even some like Argento in there too. Because it almost it it almost feels like one of these like Don't Look Now or or um yeah Don't Look Now. (laughs) Well, that's what's his name. Nicholas Roeg. I know. Uh, I'm not saying that that's Argento. It's just got that. It's got that kind of almost you, you, Italian you, you, horror vibe. I gotcha. You turned right, and I kept going straight. No, I know. No, I was, you, you were correct in pointing it out. Cause... Right, I see what you're saying. Oh, boy. But, yeah, I uh, loved it. I thought it was fantastic. If you haven't seen it, definitely well, check it out. You, got, you, you have to. Have Again, to. it's on movie, So And with, with movie, can you just rent that one movie, or do you have to have a subscription? I I think you have to have a subscription now. Oh, okay. I think, because they used to do that a la carte thing way back, you know, like when a first movie first came out. But now you have to have, like, a monthly. Um, you can probably get it. Uh, you can probably rent it on, like, VOD or something. Probably somewhere, I would imagine. Uh, let me see if it's on Blu-ray. I know there's a Mondo Vision. You can get, mm. uh, he did a bunch of his movies. Yeah, it looks like there is a special edition, uncut version, Digipack, that's put out by Mondo Vision. I don't know if that is the, like, the remaster one or anything. They got, uh, yeah, they got, well, now they have, looks like they got a couple of different possessions. Yeah, here's one on Blu-ray. That's uh, Region 2, though. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You gotta, they have another one of his movies coming out too soon. I imagine that this is gonna get it's, this. This is gonna have to get some sort of release some at some point. point. Yeah, I wouldn't the be surprised. What's going on, people? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see this come out. Like if Arrow, I could see Arrow putting it out, or I don't know if Scream Factory would. Probably not. I could see Arrow or even Criterion putting it out. Criterion doesn't have the balls to put this out. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think Criterion would yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think they have it in them. Sorry, sorry, Criterion. You don't got the balls, Criterion. That's right. You don't got the balls to do it. All right, let's go ahead and give this a score. Uh, Kevin, what are you going to give Possession? 10,000. 10,000 out of 10. <laughs> 10,000 out of 10. Uh, so I take it that's a, that's a full-on 10 out of 10 for you. That's, a, that's yeah, that is, that is I'm gonna give immediate, it- no questions. I didn't have to ponder nothing. It's just as soon as it was over, it's like ten. Fucking ten. You, you, you pulled you pulled a Ryan and 
as soon as the credits started, you you just threw your hands up in the air and. Well, I was actually sitting. I had my laptop in my in my lap, and I just flipped it over like a table and stood up, and I was like ten. Then I went outside, smoked a cigarette, and I just fucking fist pumped the whole way there. And then I danced while I was smoking. Did this just end up on? Did this just premiere on movie this weekend? Yeah, I think the first day was. If people don't know how movie works, is that every day they put a new film on. Yeah. Then, you know, it's like a month worth of films. So, you know, the one that's been on there for 30 days leaves and then a new one's put on. I think this was put on, I think it was, I think it was yesterday was its first day. So you probably have about 29 days left to watch it or 30. Cool. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, because I noticed a lot of people in my letterbox friends list or whatever uh, watched it this week. So I thought that was interesting. Which also, Zalowski has, you know, with him passing away, finally his newest film got picked up for U.S. distribution, Cosmos. Yeah, I saw that. Finally finally get to see that. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I'm going to give, I'm going to give this a, hmm, let's see. I'll give it a nine. We'll go ahead and say a nine out of ten on this one. Yeah. If they cut that subway scene down by like ten seconds. No, you can't. I would have been Can't do it. No, I, I, I'm, I'm glad they didn't do that. I'm, I, I like it the way it is. You just, this isn't a movie for pussies. <laughs> the Revenant. Mm-hmm. The Revenant too. Uh, all right, let's talk about someone we're watching. I don't have a whole lot to either. talk about. So I did watch Johns of Twelfth Street. I said oh. I would last week, and I fucking did it. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> you remember the last time I asked you to watch some movies? You watched yep. one. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> well, the problem was there. There were well, the, there were several issues with with your challenge list. <laughs> One of which was that I got rid of my Hulu account, so <laughs> like ninety percent of them <laughs> were unavailable to me at that point. But which, anyway. is, which is great because I have a Hulu account and could have easily have given it to you. That's true. That's true. I mean, the, I can still try to get through them. It's, it's fine. It's fine. I did plan on watching a lot more like classics this year, so I, I plan on getting to more on that list. Anyway, John's of Twelfth Street. Uh, if you did not tune in last week, this is uh, Ke- Kevin watched this last week. This is a documentary about uh, the restaurant, the Italian restaurant. I don't know if it's famous or not. I guess it is. I mean, it's famous enough that they made a documentary about it. Yeah. Uh, famous Italian restaurant, John's. In the East Village, um, it, it, it's I, I don't really have anything to add other than what you said last week and in your in your review. It's just kind of a slice of life documentary about this uh, this restaurant. It the film starts when before the restaurant opens and it ends after it closes, and it just kind of goes through uh, a, a day in the life of this restaurant, and it's pretty fascinating, I must say, especially because I've been there many times and I've seen these people that work here like i was gonna say like yeah it's all the same people that are still there there's people still working there yeah a lot of them are i mean i didn't recognize all of them obviously but a lot of them yeah they're still there and the um one of the one of the most striking things about that restaurant when you first walk in the first time i was there was that giant candle thing that they have Mm -hmm. you see it, it it's like in the dining room area of the of the restaurant in the back 
And that was like one of the most striking things about that. It's like that's kind of like their centerpiece is this m- giant mountainous pile of candles that they have. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, some of the some of the stuff, some of the conversations <laughs> with the patrons got a little annoying to me. Like that one guy, he was I think he was drunk, but the, the Madonna story. Yeah. Yeah, that was the same one. That's why I said like it's. It's funny how it takes on that where you kind of get sucked into conversations. Yeah. You want to have them or not. And you just want to get out of it. Yeah. That was the one that I was like, come on, stop talking to this guy. And because it leaves him and then it comes back to him. And I'm just like, oh, no, he's back. (laughs) That's why I said it kind of feels like your first day of work. Like if you were to work at jobs, because, you know, kind of get sucked into convos with people like that. And you can't just be like, oh, fuck you and walk away. Kind of had to sit there and be like, uh huh. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, but uh, it was it was really fun to watch it and then go go there afterwards. Like that. So you did you did go to John's after? Yeah, you- buddy. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Was it difficult to sit through the entire film knowing that you're going to John's? Oh my god, you, you have no <laughs> idea. Because I by the time I because we went after we were done recording last week, we went out grocery shopping. And I was already, I didn't need anything by that point. So I was like starving. So we're, we're at the, we went to the St. Mark's Market, which is the, the one that was in that episode of Broad City. It's a great little grocery store Yeah, on St. Mark's. And the food smelled so good. And I was just so hungry. But we had to take the groceries home, put them away, and then watch the movie. And the whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm dying. And then finally we were able to go there. So, yeah, it was it was very satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. But, I kind of did the same when we watched it at home. As soon as, as soon as we were done, it was about time to, to cook dinner. And I was like, we're making Italian. I can't <laughs> yeah. have anything else right now. I need Italian food immediately. No brain. Yeah. Uh, one thing I, that I'll mention is I, I don't like their garlic bread at John's. They... They showed a lot of the garlic bread being being made in the movie and stuff. And uh, I've liked almost all the meals I've had there, but I do not like their garlic bread. It's not very good. So <laughs> point that out. You're going to point that one out. Uh-oh. Don't get excited about the garlic bread there. It's not great. Mm. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I recommend this. Uh, I like that it's it's pretty short. It's, only, it's just over an hour long, so easy easy recommend for sure. John's of 12th Street. It's on uh, Fandor, so you can check it out on there. Get that Fandor. Can I talk about Clown Forever? Sure. Should I hold off? I saw it too, so I can... I saw it. I saw Clown Forever. I guess the sequel to Clown. Is that how you pronounce it? Did they pronounce it a different way? Just Clown, right? Yeah, I mean, you can just say Clown, yeah. I mean, that's... Clooven. 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 Ah... Oh man, this was tough to sit through. This was not funny at all. This, well, yeah. I, this was a, this was a huge disappointment. What the hell happened, man? Oh, jeez. Like this is one of those things. There's nothing worse than sitting down to watch a comedy and it's just like it's not funny whatsoever. Because at a, after a certain point, I'm just sitting there. I'm just so pissed off. I'm like I'm fuming almost. Which just like make me fucking laugh would you do it but then it could and not only is it not funny but it's it's like some of the comedy that i haven't seen in so long you know where he's like doing stereotypes about native americans and stuff 
Yeah, and it's it's... Just like he throws a a dream catcher on the floor, and you know, <laughs> and you know what's gonna get what's gonna happen. And of course, he wakes up and it's it's caught with his penis inside of it. It's like his dick. so in the middle of the night, you picked it up off the floor and decided to sleep with it, and then it got tangled up in your pit. Like I don't understand. Like it's just, and of course, she comes in. and She's like, oh. And he's like, oh, that's not what I think. It's just, it was so terrible. It was so unbelievably terrible. First of all, I liked the the initial premise when they're like going to America. I was like, oh, this is because they figured they, they kind of reveal that early on. They're like, oh, um, Casper is going to move to to America. And yeah. I was like, oh, this, this is cool. I, I like the idea of these two characters going to America and experiencing American culture. And I mean, it, it opens the door for so many antics. Well, and it's, but, it, it inherently becomes a little bit funnier too, because Frank's English is just, it's kind of funny to hear him speak in English. <laughs> so, yeah. And I was kind of excited too, but like, they don't, they don't do anything with it. No. It was so, it was such a bummer because the thing that I liked so much about the first clown is that it's, it's like it's sort of like a road trip movie where they're going to these different areas and getting getting into these shenanigans. And I thought that that's what was going to happen in this one, but they were going to America. And also, the thing that really made the first one work for me was Bo. Like the fact that they were that they're these two people who should not be taking care of a child are attempting to take care of this kid. Yeah. Like that dynamic added a lot to that movie i think and they didn't they didn't have it in this one although bo was in it which i appreciated and he looks so much older now it's kind of ridiculous yeah but the only thing that made that made me consistently laugh was every time casper addressed battle cat and the fact (laughs) that that guy's name was battle cat (laughs) that's the only thing that made me chuckle as well uh but man like not that just and then the whole like like they 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 wrote that friendship book and that's what it's all about. He's like, Oh, I got to get my friend back. And it's like, dude, you should not be friend. Like he is a terrible person. You're just like, he just completely abandons his family and loses them. And he's like, yeah, I got my friend back. Yeah. It's I like, mean, your friend doesn't give a shit about you at all. And that's, that's the thing. Everything. That's the other kind of disappointing thing about this movie is that I feel like, I feel like they take the characters too far too far down the the path of where you you hate them like yeah. it, it, at one point in this you just hate these characters because in the first clown and in the tv show they weren't the it was like curb your enthusiasm I mean, it was basically they designed it after curb your enthusiasm where you don't really like larry david but he's still kind of he's still funny and he's still kind of charming yeah and he has he has redeemable qualities to him but in this sequel they made it so that both frank and casper are almost irredeemable at this point because they both do things in this movie that you're just like nope sorry there's no coming back from that especially what frank does which was always kind of that that was another huge disappointment for me in this movie because in in the show and in the in the first movie, Frank was always kind of the he was like the level headed one. He was the one that was trying to avoid those types of situations and he would always kind of get roped in because of Casper and how wild he was. But he would never like he clearly cared about his wife and he clearly wanted to be faithful to his wife, but you know, it, it always ended up 
he would end up getting stuck in these situations where it looked like he was yeah. not being faithful or whatever. But in this one, it's just like he just all that gets thrown out the window. Yeah, it's he's like, just like fuck her. Yeah, and, and it's the audacity to burn your back at like at the end for the, the Christmas. It's like get the fuck out of here. It, it was it was just uh, it was just extremely disappointing that to to see where they went with these characters in this story. I was I was really bummed out by this movie. It was terrible. It was... I also I also liked the cameo from uh, Isla Fisher. I thought that was funny how she was Casper's neighbor, <laughs> and they just brought her in for some reason. But yeah, like, and, it, and they leave America so quickly too that they, they, there's like one, there's like two two things that they do in yeah. America, and one is like the pool party scene, which is a big, I mean, it's a big thing. Yeah, but then like, the, the whole point of that is the whole comedy of that he gets scalped. Yeah. Which is, number one, it's this terrible fucking joke. Number two, you really think she just shaved the top of your head? A little square? What the, f- I mean. And they never do, they never do address that either. Like, yeah. who did it, if if it was the housekeeper. But also, I, I did like the fact that for the rest of the movie, he was scalped. Like, he but, didn't have the sense to just shave, shave the rest of it. Shave the rest of it. Well, he always wears a hat anyway, so what's the Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, so th- there was that, and then there was this one other scene where they go, they ended up going into the, into like South Central, and it gets, uh, I don't, I don't know, it gets into kind of, yeah, that was, I would say almost racist territory. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's just like lazy stereotype jokes. Well, I mean, it's always been a vulgar kind of lowbrow show and but yeah the I think first one but what you said that you know there's no they take these characters too far that there's no redeeming qualities that like yeah, there's I no likable aspect to either of them and a lot of times like in the first one it was like they ended up in these bad situations even though they were trying to do something like good and fun yeah it was just like, always like was, a comedy of errors right exactly exactly the first one was just a comedy of errors and that's how the show was too again the show's basically curb your enthusiasm and in this one it's like they they were the ones that were just fucking everything up on purpose almost i mean yeah it's so clown forever is yeah. I, definitely not recommended for me either no it's god awful and i was really excited for it too I didn't even know it was a thing, so I was like, oh, this is cool. Comedy, here we go. No comedy. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, that's not out yet. It'll be out later this year, though. Uh, I saw 10 Cloverfield Lane. Oh, shit. 10 Cloverfield Lane. All right. Directed by Dan Trachtenberg. Uh, so, I was a big fan of this one. It worked. Okay. I was going to say, I had a lot of seeing good things. Uh, yeah, because it does. It does what it sets out to do very, very uh, well. It, it is very suspenseful. You, you never know. You don't know where this movie's going to go. I mean, I went into this completely cold. I saw the one trailer. And they, one of the smart things they did with this movie is they kept the marketing to a, a minimum. Like, there's, to my knowledge, there's one trailer, and then they came out with, like, a TV spot that was pretty much the same as the regular trailer. All the footage you see from that trailer basically happens within the first 10 minutes of the movie. Oh, really? So, yeah. So, like, after that 10-minute mark, you realize, even if it's, like, a subconscious thing, that everything that you know about this film has been established. So, everything from that point on is brand new. And 
so it's it's really interesting and it's one of the few movies where that that happens to me because I, I inevitably see trailers for most of the movies that I see. And a lot of times when I'll be sitting and watching the movie, if for whatever kind of like for whatever reason I'll like I'll momentarily get pulled out of the movie and then I'll think to myself, Oh, well they didn't show that one scene yet. You know what I mean? Like that that happens a lot. Like, oh, they didn't show that one scene that was in the trailer yet, so that's coming. Yeah. And you start to piece it together. In this movie, everything that happens in that trailer, they get out of the way really quick. So after that, you're just like, where are they going to go with this? I don't know what to expect anymore. Because you know that you know that there's something to do with Cloverfield. It's, it's got Cloverfield in the title, so you know that there's something, but you never know what it is. Like, you don't know what the connection is. And I mean, you find out, obviously. Hmm. And it's it's awesome. John Goodman is amazing in it. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is she's great in everything I've seen her in. I think so. She's she's great. And um, John Gallagher Jr. I like him a lot too. So I mean, those are the three characters. Uh, you know that I always praise the 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 containment thriller, mm-hmm. and this is very much a containment thriller, and uh, it's a it's a very good one. So I highly recommend. 10 Cloverfield Lane, don't read any reviews, don't read anything about it, go into it completely cold, that's the, that's the best way that you're going you're gonna to get the most out of this if you go into it completely cold. Because there's, there's you know, lots of twists and turns and things, and it goes to some really interesting places. So, highly recommend 10 Cloverfield Lane. Looks great, too. I mean, it's, for being his, like, feature debut, Dan Trachtenberg did a, did a pretty great job with this. Yeah. I think that he has a really uh, promising career ahead of him. Check that one out there. Yeah, definitely. We have a review for it up on the site. Blake gave it an 8 out of 10. All right. Um, I watched uh, Chateau Ackerman's News from Home from 1977. This, is, this was uh, one of her films that's included. In, they have a, a Eclipse box set of her work. It was in there, so I ended up watching this one, Hulu Plus. Um, and it is it is amazing it's fairly simple it is essentially this is when she she moved to new york city busting out on her own she's in new york city and during that time she's getting letters from her mother you know just kind of giving her updates of what's going on with members of the family and what's going on with the her job and stuff and asking questions about how she's getting along and all those things so what she ends up deciding to do is she has just takes like static frame shots of New York City from this time period. Just shooting the streets, all that type of stuff. But occasionally the movement, there's movement in the camera where she'll, you know, kind of pan across or she's either on the subway or she, maybe she's in a cab. So you have the, the camera moving in that fashion. And all it is is just the letters being read while she's kind of doing it. It's almost like she's doing a city symphony of New York City as a new resident, but instead of the city symphony kind of framing or informing the, the viewer of like the actual city or the culture or anything like that, she's using it in a way to kind of inform the viewer of her, like her emotional state during that time. So like when it starts off, it's just, there's, there's really nothing going on in the city. It's just like empty streets and alleyways and stuff. And then it kind of picks up, um, and then, like I said, the camera starts moving a little bit and she seems to interact more with the city and become a part of it. Um, and then there's times where 
it's kind of appropriated to scale too, where there's there's like long pauses where there's no dialogue. It's just shots of the city. I guess you know to kind of incorporate the the spaces in between her receiving letters from her mother. Mm. Um, and it's just it's one of those things that is so just unbelievably simple, but yet it works so 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 well. And it's just I, did, I haven't really ever seen anything like this before. But uh, I definitely recommend it. I'm actually worried because this was a. Uh, I actually got to see two ten out of tens this week. Pretty damn good week. I only watched three movies. One, one was a one, and the other, the other two were tens. Nice. So that's a pretty, that's a pretty solid week right there. Nice. Uh, that, that that's all I got for this week. And the only other thing is, I I feel kind of bad because I saw No Home Movie. You know, her last film, which kind of documentary with her mother and everything and now having seen news from home i I would like to see i i shouldn't have saw no home movie first let's just put it that way because it kind of changes everything now where it's like oh okay okay i I have more information now okay i see i I feel kind of bad about like you know no home movie is not great at all now i feel like oh i might be wrong there gotcha Hmm. All right. Uh, anything else on your? Uh, nope. That's that's all I got. I forgot to mention. I did see Life Is Sweet. I, I watched that. Holy shit! You're watching all movie. sorts of movies. So yeah. Timothy Spall. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. Those outfits were the best part. I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked that. I liked that quite a quite a bit actually. And I don't have anything else to add other than. I just uh, I love the way he he he. He pops out of that caravan when he first gets in it, and it tips. And he yes. just kind of hops out. <laughs> I love the 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 mom. She was ah, she was just the best. I loved she her was, laugh. I her know. laugh was just. She was so fantastic. Absolutely loved her. Like I could just watch her and Jim Broadbent. Just you know what I mean. Just, just make that husband a, and wife. Yeah, just make that a TV show. I'll watch that for like fourteen seasons. Yeah, definitely a a feel good movie for the most part. There's some drama in there for sure, but. Yeah. Yeah, but he 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 navigates that so well. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, All right, let's talk about some predictions. Ten Cloverfield Lane. Last week you said seventy, I said seventy six, actual ninety one. Damn. Yeah, this one this one's a hit. I was not expecting that. N- well neither was I, but I, I didn't know what to expect. Again, because there was just so little. There's so little to go on with that movie. Brothers Grimsby. You said 38. I said 42. Actual 38. Right yes. on the money. Yes. Yes. Two tenths and out this. Shit. What a week. What a week for Kevin. <laughs> Best week of cinema Kevin ever. Is coming up, Kevin. Damn. Kill him. Uh, next week, we got the Divergent series Allegiant. Oh, yeah. They're still doing that. That's right. Yeah. These, are, these still exist. I, I remember, uh, what's his name? Got in, uh, Miles Teller got in some heat. Because he came out and was like, these movies are bullshit. I wish I didn't never sign a contract to be in all of them. Like, he came out and, like, really criticized the movies. I don't know if he got in trouble for that or, or what, but... Yeah, he's still but, cashing in the checks, though, aren't you, Miles? So shut the fuck up. Yeah, but I, I think he was, like, saying that they're, they're, like, hurting his career or something. Well, you should have been a little bit smarter. A little more business sense. Why are you signing up for that many movies? Well, he was... When that first one came out, I think that was like when he was just first first entering the scene. Yeah. So when you when you 
have like one movie under your belt and you're just starting to come up and then like a big studio comes up to you and says, Hey, do you want to sign a contract? Multi-million dollar contract for like four movies or whatever, like a four movie deal. Yeah. You're signing that shit. Well, yeah. And it probably provided him with some security. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll say, let's see. I don't know if these are generally well received or not. So I'll I'll say like 62 on it. Okay. I'm going to say I'm going to say 58. Okay. And the other wide release next week is Midnight Special. Ooh. You know, I I I'm obviously going to go see it. I mean, it looks okay, but it, it's not really the trailer didn't really hook me. No, and I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that's because they're kind of keeping it. Yeah. You know what I mean? They they don't want to get expectations too high. So hopefully they kind of surprise you. What are you thinking on this one? Um, I'm thinking like a 84. Wow. High hopes. High. I'm going to say 78 on this Real one. High. Cause what, um, um, cause remember that one scene in Take Shelter was pretty fantastic where he kind of has that, you know, like all the furniture. Yes. Hey, yes. So oh, you're getting, shit. you're getting a whole movie of that. Hopefully. Maybe. Hopefully. Who knows? So you already kind of know that he can, he can nail that. Yeah, I mean, we know that there's going to be some, like, super-powered... Because you see that in the trailer. Like, it's, there's definitely going to be some special effects work. Yeah. So, I'm hoping that it's going to be pretty cool. But, who knows? I'll, I'll, I'll be checking it out, for sure. Uh, and according to, to Rotten Tomatoes, it does have a wide release. So, we'll, we'll see oh. if it's going to be playing in a theater near you, oh, Kevin. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, my. Hey, York got a art house theater, by the way. Oh really? A little independent theater. Where, where are they playing anything good, or is it like repertory, or like what are they? Right now they're playing. They just opened, so I'm not. You know, it's still early to see what kind of road they go down. But the it's funny because I haven't seen this movie playing anywhere else. It was oh King George. Oh, the, the, the French one. Yeah, with the French Chef. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what's playing, and then Janice, Little Girl Blue. Okay, yeah, that's the Janis Joplin doc. And then we got Lady in the Band. Uh, yeah, my dad saw that. So I, you know, we'll see. I wonder if he saw, it's, it's if he saw it at that theater. I'll have it's, to ask him. It's early, but it's on. I forget where it's actually located. It's in the city. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I really, I heard that they're really developing. Yeah, it's area, getting like, starting to get good. Getting stuff. <laughs> getting stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, that well, that's fine. I mean. We'll see, yeah, we'll see how it uh, kind of works out. I leave, and a decade later, it's starting to get good. Yeah, it's on West Market Street. Okay, cool. I'll have to ask my dad if that's where he saw Lady in the Van. I don't know if that's where he saw it. He fell asleep. He slept through the whole thing. <laughs> and it's funny, because I was kind of like trying to read about it, and I think it only seats like 30 people. Oh, really? Yeah. And, it's like, uh, and I think it's like, like comfy seats, like just armchairs. Is what That's you said. Cool. It. That's cool. There's a couple theaters like that here in the city that, like Nighthawk Cinema, is is really nice. I mean, but when I saw Victoria there, there the theater was it literally was like 20 people in there. It's really small, but like you sit at tables, so it's like a restaurant almost. Yeah. But uh, anyway, next week uh, in limited release we have The Bronze. That's the comedy. I'll be checking that one out because it. I, I haven't heard good things about it, but I'll still be. <laughs> See, because it's never stopped him before. It seems like it, it seems like it could be worth a couple laughs. What's it called? The Bronze. It's 
dark comedy about a, like a a bitchy girl who got the bronze medal at the Olympics and oh shit uh, I gotcha. it's the the girl from Big Bang Theory is stars in it I gotcha and uh, what's his name from Silicon Valley Thomas M- Middletech he's in it too and he looks pretty funny so Gary Cole in there yeah Gary Cole's in there too uh let's see we got the bronze the program that's a that's the Lance Armstrong film I, really, I love this. They did really, they really made um, Ben Foster look like Lance Armstrong, but it, I don't know. The, the, um, it looks like they went a little bit, little bit overboard with it. Mm. Like it looks like he's wearing some prosthetics and that, that may be problematic for me. It's just, I love how we, when we always get to this point, it's the, all the movies that are the, and then a word. <laughs> okay. Well, keeping with that theme, we got the preppy connection. Of course we do. Uh, we all, I, I don't remember. This one sounds familiar to me. What is it this? does sound familiar. Fenton? Uh, oh, a student at a private school uses this connections to establish a drug trafficking network there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard of this. Eh, I don't know. I don't, see th- I, mean, yeah, I don't think too. we've ever seen that where you have, you, know, you have privileged kids doing bad things. That's a, yeah, new, that's a new thing. Sounds like another bling ring. Oh, boy. Um, and then we have Krisha. Wait, finally? Yeah, finally. The, the one that won the thing? Yeah. I'm really excited about this one. I, I really want to see this. Yeah, I've been waiting for a while to see this one. I haven't seen a good, like, family, dysfunctional family drama for a while. So I think that this one's going to be going to be good. Got Take Me to the River. Yeah. Uh, not sure. Not sure what that one is. Oh, it's a, yeah, I've got a lot of emails about this. Um. Did he get any for Krisha? I did, yeah, I did. Got some emails about Krisha. So, uh, we got a space program that's uh, that's directed by one of the Nice Staff brothers, not Casey, but the other one. (laughs) We also have K Town Cowboys. K Town Cowboys. K Town Cowboys. Cowboys from K Town. Uh, The Birth of Saki. I believe I saw that. Yeah, I think you did. Like four years ago. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, that's really good. That's a that's a really interesting documentary about it, again it's kind of a slice of life documentary about this uh, sake company and it just follows around um, a season because they work for like six months straight like they live there yeah I think I remember you do yeah because you were kind of I remember you being like uh, a little bit surprised by this one yeah it's it's the way it's shot is it's really gorgeous and yeah recommend that. Especially if you're into sake, because I'm not even into sake, and I I liked it. Still want to see how it's made. Yeah, it's uh, it's very kind of fascinating process. The thing about this movie that makes it a little different with this company is it's one of the few that still make it um in the traditional sense, like it's all made done by hand with like old tools, like old like wooden tools, and they crank everything by hand, and it's all like very um organic. Make it the Amish way. Yeah, they don't they don't use like machines and shit. You got time for machines. Uh, next week on VOD, we have uh, the Preppy Connection. Oh, so that one's coming out on VOD. You can check that out. Ah, oh, privileged white kids behaving badly. If I uh, oh boy, if I get any other emails in about um additional releases for this weekend, because I'm pretty sure that there's going to be more. Uh, I will update the calendar accordingly. Well, there is one for people that have a movie, movie, or if you're thinking of getting movie after our 
possession review. I'm going to go out and check it out. This Friday, the 18th, uh, Isaiah Medina's 88-88, and it's, you know, 88-88 as, like, a, uh, like a time. I don't know how the, you would actually – is it just 88-88? But it's 88 colon 88, like, uh, when a clock goes off. And it just right, flashes. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I'm guessing it's just – that's how you say it. I think so. That's, that's going to be premiering on movie on the 18th. It's going to pop up there, which I've heard really good things about. Cool. All right. Next week on Blu-ray, we have uh, Game of Thrones, the complete, what season? Fifth season. Fifth season of Game of Thrones. Damn. So you can get caught up with your Game of Thrones action before the new season starts next month. Get it. The big short. We got, I don't recommend that. No, I don't either. It's garbage. It's just a mess. I, d- I don't understand. Mess. I don't understand why that was such a huge movie last year. I don't either. We got Carol again. Same it's, thing. I'm not yeah. sure. It's perfectly fine. It's just not not my. You know, it's not my my thing. Yeah, I liked Carol. I did not like The Big Short. Yeah. With Carol, I st- I didn't understand. Carol, I can respect. Right. Like, you know, that's a good movie. Looks great. It's just one of those things where it's like, hey, you know, you're a really nice person. You're great and everything, but we just don't have anything in common. Like, I don't don't want to hang out with you. Sorry. Right, right. Exactly. Uh, Brooklyn. Never, never saw that one. That's, Mm -hmm. that was another pretty popular one last year. Uh, Sisters. Didn't, I missed that one too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'll, I want to check that one out actually. Um, Love, the Gaspar No. One, uh, nah, I'm not going to recommend that. I think it's more palatable than his other movies, but it still features a whole whole lot of unsimulated sex in it. So if you're into that. Well, that's been on Netflix for a while. Really? Yeah. Oh, like a couple check, weeks on there. Yeah, you can check it out on Netflix if you want to. Yeah, then. if you want to. Uh, I probably wouldn't recommend it. Uh, let's see what else we got here. We got Steve Jobs, the man in the machine. Oh, Jobs. I mean, yeah. Is Hopefully that's that the documentary one. That's the documentary one. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. I can't remember who did that. I think Gibney. That guy got so many things going on for him. People making movies about Steve Jobs left and right. Yeah, it's a lot. A lot of job stuff going on. Uh, and Band of Robbers. That's a fairly recent movie that i uh thought looked okay but i don't know didn't didn't catch up with that one either mm. got some first time on blu-ray releases here we got some chuck norris action invasion usa it's got an amazing cover <laughs> oh yeah invasion usa we got Is my that... boyfriend's back the classic horror comedy from 1993 nice i love that now movie is it invasion usa is that one of the um what was their name Canon? Yeah, that's a Canon yep. one, right? That is a Canon film. Nice. Yep. Um, oh, there was a couple other ones that Just Visiting from 2001. Silly, silly comedy. Oh, forgot about Alvin and the Chipmunks Road Chip. That comes out. Yeah. Can't forget that one. Uh, that's pretty much it. Oh my God, Just Visiting. <laughs> oh, I know what it is. <laughs> yeah. You gotta see that oh my god, I forgot this was a thing. Yeah, you gotta see that amazing cover and then you know. Holy you remember right away. Shit. Jean Renault, Christine oh Applegate. Yep. They came, they saw, they wanna go back. 
Oh my god. They're not just from another time, they're from France. <laughs> Thank God for 2001 and back when France was seen as more more mind blowing than another time in history. Uh, do we have anything on the Criterion front next week? We have one Criterion classic: John Frankenheimer, 1962, The Manchurian Candidate, coming out on the old Blu-ray. Got a great cover. Which I love this movie. Such a great film. Unbelievable, uh, great performance from uh, Frank Sinatra, and just what getting the the whole uh, the sinister plot with the paranoia and brainwashing and everything. It's, it's great. I definitely cool. recommend that one. Yeah, classic Manchurian Candidate. I noticed that Arrow Arrow Films is also releasing Rage of Honor on Blu-ray from 1987. Oh shit! Classic ninja movie. Okay, I think that that is going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulsenet and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a moment, take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash filmpulse, and consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. We appreciate that very much. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name is Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. Andre Zolski 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 Just do that for the next 10 minutes Mr. Andre Zolski's 1981 classic The Possession along just, with about... <laughs> It's just Possession Oh is it? Yeah. Oh, fuck Why did I write the? I have it right in front of my fucking face Mastered on, on, <laughs> you get you get him playing practice for that radio voice though. <laughs>